Hey, Angela here. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to invite you to join our Substack community, where you'll get more founder profiles, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, first access to all my original work, and access to our community group chat. All you have to do is click the link in the description. I love and appreciate your support. It's awesome to see all your comments, email responses, and reactions. I'm happy to share this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening to Honey and Hustle. We are a visual podcast that features conversations with small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, and those in the nonprofit community. We're so glad that we started sharing our podcast here on Anchor FM. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you're listening to this right now, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, I'm super excited to get to know you because we, we've been talking. We've been in contact for a long time. So it's been yeah. actually a long time coming to have you on the show for sure. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. I think the last time we actually saw each other was um, on Brothers Empowerment. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, probably about over a year ago, maybe somewhere around that time. So, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Jay. He's an awesome guy. He's been on the show. So yes. I'm super excited that, you know, he connected us and we're here together now virtually. <laughs> Still not yeah. a person, but. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, so just for the people who don't know who you are, um, your name is Terrence, but I also want you to tell them a little bit about your story and your art as a poet and author, a multi-hyphenate and kind of how the Brown Sugar Cafe came to be. Okay. Um, I st- started writing um some poems um i had a conversation with my wife um she wasn't my wife at the time but we were talking and i was telling her about you know some poems i wrote and stuff and then i wasn't actually writing them down on paper um but kind of you know writing them out in my head and so one day she asked me she was like when the last time you wrote a poem and i said um you know i wrote one in my head the other day and she was like uh yeah, that's a good place for it. And so that gave me a kick to actually write it down. And so I finished the poem that I had kind of started, but never really finished. And then from there, I decided I wanted to do like a a series of poems, probably 10. And and so when I started writing, it turned into more than 10 and, and developed into something a little different. And so um, that's kind of where my blog started from because in the process like a lot of people didn't know that i wrote poetry even though i had been writing like since elementary school and there was a period like uh, a couple of years that went by when i kind of stopped but um a lot of people didn't know um so i wanted to kind of introduce people to 
my poems that weren't familiar with them. So I created a blog and um, I gave it the name the Brown Sugar Cafe because I wanted it to be like a, a chill spot where you can come and, um, you know, enjoy some poetry um, and things like that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that it's crazy sometimes, like, you never know what seeds have been planted inside you from like such a young age and how those are going to manifest over time. Because I think it's a, it's really important to know that you stepped away from it for a second and then mm -hmm. came back to it. And then your wife saw something in you that was nagging at you that you weren't really fully realizing and giving time and attention to. Um, and I think that's interesting. I mean, like, you know, I'm single, but I do think that the people that you have in your life romantically or not can really like, be heavily influential in like your future and like the way that you approach life and so with that being said like when I see you post poems and share on Instagram and share on Twitter you know there's sometimes it's snippets sometimes it's longer pieces um but what do you think now has been the trajectory for the Brown Sugar Cafe now that people more people know about it now that you feel more comfortable sharing your art in public and you know have and have found a voice with the Brown Sugar Cafe I, um, when I started, I started, um, my main focus was love. That was my, my main focus with my poems and stuff. And then over the years, it kind of developed into more positive things like poems to inspire people. And, and so like, I wanted to, I don't know, I just felt this push that people needed to be encouraged and inspired, um, more so than they needed to kind of, you know, read love poems and things like that. So I've gotten into a space where I try to uplift people um, with my poems or even when I post like, you know, quotes and things like that, I try to stay in that vein. And then I've even expand, um, expanded upon that. And I, now I have a podcast where I I, um, I do a, I guess you call it a lifestyle, lifestyle blog every, at least once a month. And so I've used that to be my subject matter for my podcast. And so that's where the evolution has taken me now. Yeah. So also welcome to the podcast crew, you know, the quarantine podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But with the podcast, again, you're a multi-hyphenate because you've been writing and now you have this other way of expressing yourself. Now, what has been some of the things that you've loved about being in the podcast space so far? What are some of the challenges that you have? right now with it i know it's new so there's probably like twenty thousand. but um you know what are some of the things that are running through your mind now that you have this new avenue to express yourself um the main concern is just i don't want to run out of things to talk about right now i don't feel like it um i'm on episode six uh i don't think i run out of things to talk about but I, that's been my only main concern um i like doing podcasts i've been guests on several podcasts for years and so this space is is a very comfortable space for me it's just me switching from a uh, guest or you know sometimes I co-host with one of my friends Charlie and so I've been doing that for a while but now I'm in the driver's seat and it's 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 fun um I'm having a good time and I'm looking forward to like I'm working on a, uh, another episode right now and so it's 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 a lot of fun yeah, fun is one way to put it. Sometimes yeah. it's busy, sometimes it's <laughs> right. Don't well, I will say the only thing that's that's bothersome would be sometimes getting that edit right. 
that's that can be annoying sometimes just the editing process but once you're done and you have it out there it's like a great sigh of relief yeah yeah for sure I think like with podcasts I kind of treat it like video work where it's like I know it's not going to go from good to exponentially great overnight but just trying to make like those little improvements with every show um helps kind of like center your brain around like okay like I can do this you know I'm making incremental like um changes that are making it better so yeah yeah um so with the brown sugar cafe so you do have a full-time job and you are still doing that um and have started to monetize that brand and sell books and so sell the merch and things like that um where do you see the brown sugar cafe going if you see it going anywhere i think like i don't want to impress upon you or anyone else watching this that because you have found something that you love artistically that you need to make money from it. And that validates you as an artist because it doesn't Um, just having the courage to put your work out there in the world, I think is something beautiful and more than what most people even do because it took you a really long time to get to that space where you were putting pen to paper and sharing that with other people. So what is the vision that you have now that you have taken that step to put yourself out there and put your work out there and receive feedback and things like that from people who have read your work? Well, I want to keep going. Um, I'm currently working on my third book. And so I'm going to try to see how that plays out. It's going to be a little different from my first two books. My first two books were dedicated to love. And um, this particular book is more so uh, from a life perspective, um, uh, being a man, being a black man. So I want to see kind of how that goes. Um, of course, I want to keep going with the podcast and see where that takes me. So I'm just kind of open to um, seeing how far I can go with this Brown Sugar Cafe brand or if I, even if I need to rebrand. Yeah, I mean, that's a good start, honestly. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's just like, let's just see what happens. Let me yeah. just put myself out there and let's just, let's just see what happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's important too, sometimes just to do without expecting and be authentically you without expecting anything in return or anything grand in return is, is, is nice. And to have that freedom to do that and express yourself is, is really beautiful with that. So talking about your third book and the topics that you're going to be covering, why did you want to shift into making it more personal and talking about the black experience because i mean i feel like people talk about it all the time we talk mm-hmm. about you know black people not being a monolith we talk about the black diaspora that's here in the united states both from people who were born here people who are immigrants or first generation immigrants excuse me and you know what that looks like for everybody because it is different but there are some things that we share in common that we've seen um so what what is your i guess approach and your um thought process behind writing what your third book will be about okay so one day I was just sitting and the idea came to me I was thinking I was like with my first two books they were um they weren't intentionally but they were more specifically received and geared towards women that that's my my audience when it comes to you know love points and things like that and so I was like I need to kind of write something and then also I felt it was time to shift out of that whole vein of love points um, because I do write other poems, but I just don't share them. And so I had the idea to um, do something more so towards men and geared towards men. So it'll be like, not just from like my perspective, but just like, you know, 
being a man in general. And then as I was writing, I was thinking, I was like, well, I need to give a, a you know example of things from my perspective. So as being a black man in America and experiencing different type of things, um, I've written some poems. Uh, it's one poem I've written that's uh, it's called um, Familiar Fruit, and it's my spinoff of Strange Fruit. And so I've been writing kind of poems like that, and those are going to be in the book. I haven't really figured out how I'm going to divide it up, but it's really going to be from a male's perspective and try to encourage and uplift men because a lot of times we don't know how to express ourselves. We don't know how to express ourselves with our, uh, each other. We don't know how to express ourselves with our you know, wives, girlfriends, things like that. And so I want to kind of make the book more relatable. Um, anyone can read it. It's just, I wanted to kind of just give a, a glimpse into what it's like being, being a man in general, but more so a black man in America. Yeah, I think that's beautifully said. Um, and when it comes to, obviously I'm not a black man in America. So, I mean, I think that <laughs> there are some conversations I just, I feel like I'm on the sideline and rightfully so. I think it's good to, see more black men engage with each other about mm -hmm. some of these things because I don't need to be in this conversation. I can't relate fully, you know, to that. Um, and I think too, when it comes to business, especially this concept of vulnerability and expression and communication, people love to say, Oh, communication is key. You have to communicate. You have to know how to communicate your ideas, your vision, your thoughts, all these things. But, and there are some men who are great at that. They are excellent communicators, but I think, Two, there are some men who, they're not the best communicators, but or they communicate in times of frustration. Right. And that still gets received in the way that it gets received. Um, and so working through those moments of vulnerability and working through those moments of even confusion, even self-doubt can come out through a false confidence and through anger. And so what are your thoughts on men in general applying some of the work that you'll be talking about, but even some of their reactions to what you'll be talking about to their professional and personal lives as it relates to vulnerability and really truly making an effort to communicate effectively and not just resorting to anger or frustration. Um, hopefully with these poems, it'll encourage um, men to feel comfortable with being vulnerable um, we grew up a lot having to be tough and being taught to be tough and, you know, not showing your emotions and, and not being vulnerable. But those things are healthy. Those things help. I mean, sometimes you have to take a pause. Sometimes you have to sit there and sometimes you may even have to cry and get it out and then keep moving. You know, everybody has a moment when they're not their strongest and it's OK. It's cool. You know, but what you do is you pick yourself up and you move from that moment. And I think as men, it, it's hard to do that. We're taught to carp, um, carp, to, uh, we're taught to hold things in. We're taught to not show emotions. We're taught to, you know, you have to be tough. And the whole time, some of us, we're dealing with things on the inside that we don't let out until, like you said, until it comes to a point where it blows up and it's anger. So hopefully with these poems, I'll, you know, show different perspectives. I'll show that it's okay, you know, that we're all pretty much in the same situation. We're all in the same boat. We all have moments when things are tough. We all have moments when, um, you know, things seem like they're hard, you know, and 
of course we push through it, but it's okay to have those moments where you're just feeling like, man, this is tough and it's okay. But you know, and that's with anybody, if things are tough, you don't have to sit in it, you know, but you have to acknowledge it and recognize what it is and move forward. So one thing that you said too, is that, you know, no matter who you are, you're going to have a tough day. That's just, that's just life, you know, but you need to be able to find a way within yourself to move past that and to work through that in a healthy way. Uh, one thing that Gary V has been talking about a lot more recently, especially since his last book, which is where he kind of emphasizing um, placing a higher value on kindness and compassion as a business leader in order to be successful. And it sounds like this book, in some ways may or may not lean into that in the sense that, you know, it is encouraging this exploration and inner dialogue for black men and for anybody who's reading the book, um, especially. So what are your thoughts for people who say, well, oh, this is just another book about being soft. Oh, this is just another book about telling me how to be a man. Or, you know, what is, what is your response to people who are still very skeptical about how they will be received if they are to, portray a softer side of themselves. I think it also um, has to deal with like community, being able to have people around you or having a circle around you where you can um, be vulnerable and express yourself with other people, especially like it's good to have, you know, as men to have friends, to have some sort of camaraderie, people you can really talk to, you know, we laugh and trip and things like that. But it's also good to have somebody you can confide in and talk to. And if you don't have that circle, then I would encourage you to go out and find, you know, find that circle, find, you know, other men that you can talk to. Um, you can share your, you know, your experiences, your days with um, someone who can, you know, pour into you or you can pour back into them. Um, I think we get comfortable and with being around the same circle of people and, and not saying that you have to, you know, push those other people to the side, but you may need to look outside of your circle and find, you know, groups or, you know, find other people or, you know, just, talk to other guys and see if you could, you know, get into a circle where it's a safe space where you can express yourself. And as far as far as like the book being just a, you know, a book to be soft or a book to, you know, whatever, it's just, I just, I would challenge anyone to read it and just see if you get something out of it. I think you will. It's going to be a little bit of everything. And maybe if you don't, you know, find anything in it where you say that, you know, it makes you want to change or it makes you want to, feel vulnerable or talk to someone, well then, you know, tell somebody else about it. Maybe it can help them. You know, maybe you you need to be the heir for somebody else to be vulnerable. Maybe in that moment when you're, you know, you're being receptive to somebody talking about their problem thing, maybe that that moment is what you need so you can open up. But just be open to having conversations. And even if you don't think you, think you can talk to your friends and things like that, at least present it to them like, hey, you know, I have some stuff going on and I really need to talk to you like straight up man to man. I need to have a conversation with you. You know, I personally have friends like that and family members um, that I can talk to like that because we have a close knit, you know, circle, a bond where we let each other know that it's okay. And we love each other. And, you know, we're there for each other. We're brothers. Now, a lot of times we have conversations and it may seem kind of harsh from people on the outside, but that's how we communicate. But when it's time to get, down and dirty and serious and, you know, be there for each other. That's what we do. So you brought up community and I think that's so important, both physically and having an online community. I think 
everybody watching this has at least heard of an NFT, whether or not they know what it is. I barely know what an NFT is, but you know, a lot of people are really interested in what Web3 and crypto and blockchain and NFTs will do in terms of building community in a greater sense in the online space. Um, so when it comes to finding people, perhaps in this online space, what have you found to be true about building community online and putting yourself out there online and putting your work out there online? I think it's always a space somewhere where you can find your uh, your tribe, so to speak, whether it's online, um, different social media apps. And um, I've been hearing about this, this metaverse and I, I know a little bit about it, but it sounds like that's going to be another place to find community and find people. But like when I started my blog, I, I found like this whole blogging community that I didn't know existed until I actually started my own blog. And um, I was kind of familiar with like the podcasting community, but my my knowledge of people who podcast expanded when I actually started my own or actually started looking into starting my own. So I think online and different things like that, you can find your community, even if you don't have people and we're all still kind of trying to ease back into going outside. So that's another thing is it's little communities that were kind of set up like um, even on Clubhouse. There were things set up to kind of get people to interact with each other that couldn't necessarily be in the same room. So I would encourage anybody to even find those communities to find someone online or find little groups online. Um, there's some groups that have like Zoom meetings every you know particular day out of the week or a particular day out of a month. Um, you know, do some research and find those, but find the community, find the outlet. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think I would say, though, Facebook groups was good for a while, yeah. but I didn't truly find a community that was, for me, low maintenance until I got on Twitter. I feel like Twitter was just a lot more organic in terms of finding, yes. you know, people that are interested in the same things you're interested in, like the podcast community. Absolutely insane on Twitter, yeah. how people yeah. engage and interact and share knowledge, share resources, all those types of things. I think it's been absolutely crazy for that so i'm not surprised at all that that's been your experience with yeah. podcasting and blogging i feel like even the music photography community that was one of the first things i got back on twitter just to see not only people's work but their thoughts behind their work and their thoughts is about how they approach the creative process and like the good and the bad i feel like that's more where you're likely to see that and that's okay whereas instagram still to this day to me is very much like what's pretty what's eye-catching like what is going to get me yeah. the most likes and the most comments or shares or whatever rather than just like yo i had a shitty day today but you know what it's gonna be a good one you know we're just gonna keep pushing <laughs> like, yes <laughs> i feel like maybe it's just me maybe i'm the only one tweeting that but you know because it's like you gotta you gotta keep going and it's like i gotta get it out somehow so i can like yeah. accept what is and like move past it and do what i need to do for the day but sometimes you just gotta put it out there like man this is rough but i i appreciate that raw honesty and i appreciate having that space where i can say that yeah i'm not gonna label me something or be all for my business ask me questions nobody asks questions they're just like you know what valid all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> or i've had that experience too so yeah i, I feel where you're coming from yeah yeah so i think twitter has been beautiful and this is not an ad for twitter obviously this is just saying like if you want to find that community out there no matter how niche it is no matter mm -hmm. how like 
small you think it may be, I think it's there for you if you want it. So, well, thank you for being comfortable with me today. Thank you for sharing more about the Brown Sugar Cafe. And we definitely look forward. I'm speaking for everybody. We look forward to seeing the third book come out and enjoying that. And yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely.